Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Matt Kunkel. Matt is one of the co-founders of LogicGate. We're going to explore his journey to co-founding LogicGate and GRC application that he and his colleagues have developed. So Matt, first of all, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Yes, thank you, Tom. Thank you for having me on. Matt, I was wondering if you could give our listeners a little bit about your professional background and what got you to the position to found LogicGate. Sure. So I'm a, uh, I'm a Midwest guy. I grew up in a town called Ann Arbor, Michigan, and then started my professional career uh, in the consulting world at a firm called FTI Consulting, and then quickly moved to a firm called Navigant Consulting. And it was there just as a, as a business analyst, right? And kind of found my way into application development and using technology to solve business problems. And then from there, saw a real need in the regulatory risk and compliance or GRC market from a technology perspective and spent the better part of a decade building custom solutions to help organizations solve these problems and operationalize their GRC platforms. So you are one of the co-founders of LogicGate. I was wondering if you could tell us about your partners in co-founding this business venture. Yeah, that's right. So LogicGate has three co-founders, myself, a guy by the name of John Siegler. John is our chief product officer and was with me at Navigant Consulting. And then a guy by the name of Dan Campbell. Dan is our chief technology officer and was also at Navigant Consulting with me. And the three of us were building custom GRC technology in the consulting world and saw that we believed that there was just a a gap in the market for, frankly, from a product perspective that would allow organizations to really operationalize and automate their regulatory risk and compliance activities. And what we were seeing And again, this is multiple, multiple years ago. But what we were seeing is that there was just millions and millions of dollars being spent on software to help implement these programs that was never getting implemented itself. It was just very inflexible, it was clunky, and it was hard to get up and running. And really, the time to value wasn't there. We saw technology solutions that were being shoehorned into programs that never fit there. And and most importantly, we saw a huge amount of unnecessary change management from a business perspective to really have the business work for the technology and not the other way around, have the technology work for the business. So we, we just saw that there was a big need in the market for a platform, not a point solution that could act as that central nucleus and really bring together and automate in a very flexible, easy fashion, all of the different components that make up you know, a traditional governance, risk, and compliance and regulatory program. Ben, I have heard you use the phrase that GRC is the keys to the kingdom. What do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is is really the GRC technology, right? And empowering business users and giving them the keys to the kingdom from a technology perspective so that they are not reliant on developers, they're not reliant on third-party consultants. The only inevitability in business, and frankly, the only inevitability in life is change, right? So if the business is going to change and morph and evolve, that means that our regulatory risk and compliance and security programs needs to change, morph, and evolve 
to adapt to our new business needs. And if our programs are evolving, that means the technology that is enabling these programs and automating these programs in some ways needs to evolve with that. So how do we give our compliance and security and risk professionals the ability to own and maintain that technology themselves as they grow and go through different maturity levels within their company's evolution? Now, where do you see GRC sitting in an organization? So, for instance, is it legal? Is it risk management? Is it compliance? Is it a combination of all? Or is it perhaps something different? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think to, to answer that, you got to really understand, okay, what, what are these things, right? The G is governance. The R is risk. The C is compliance within an organization. And a well-run GRC, pro, like take technology totally out of it, a well-run GRC program has multiple stakeholders across the organization associated with that, right? I've seen it roll into, if we're getting like tactical, practical here, I've seen it roll into legal and the general counsel. I've seen it roll into a chief audit officer. I've seen it roll into a CRO, a chief chief risk officer, a chief compliance officer, a CISO, a CIO. I think really it depends on the organization where that organization is on their maturity level and their life cycle from a regulatory risk and security program. And then ultimately, where that champion lies in the organization. I think it's more important about getting someone who can influence the organization, someone that can drive that culture of risk and compliance within an organization. And it doesn't matter if it's the GC a CRO, a CISO, a chief compliance officer, it's who is that person that is going to act as the biggest champion and drive that. And then also, who is the person that is most well-equipped to work cross-functionally in an organization? Because GRC touches so many different aspects of a business organization, right? Frankly, it's holistic, right? It's, that's why we have the first line of defense. That's why we have the second line of defense, and that's why we have the third line of defense. There's so many people within an organization that it touches. So to me, it's less about where it sits, because I've seen it sit everywhere, and more about who is that champion to drive that culture of risk and compliance within the organization. Matt, many of the listeners to this podcast are compliance professionals. So I wanted to ask, what would you suggest the questions a compliance professional or really any business professional would ask? help select the best GRC software for the company? Yes, that is a great question and something that before an organization goes on that journey to select a piece of technology they need to think about. I would even say pre-selecting a technology vendor, they really need to start with the process and think about what is the process that we want to put in place in this organization for the maturity level of our organization and where we are today, right? GRC technology can be an amazing, amazing force multiplier for an organization, but it can also be a force multiplier in a negative way if we don't have the right process in place. Second, I would say start with a platform, right? I've seen way too many times organizations try to buy point solutions and then bolt them together through middleware or APIs. And frankly, it just doesn't work. You need one connected center to aggregate and centralize all of your program data that will ultimately act as that connected nucleus for your security risk and compliance programs and data. And ultimately too, if you do this, that unlocks and having that kind of centralized repository, that unlocks things where I think the industry is gonna go around 
risk quantification and risk prioritization within the industry, and of which compliance and regulatory risks are a big one. Three is the user experience. Right? You need an amazing user experience. If you don't, if the technology is not as easy to use as what I'll call like an app from your iPhone or your Android, it won't be adopted and it can't be a force multiplier. Four is automation, right? A lot of people call this RPA, but really GRC technologies today and, and especially the good ones have very deep automation built in to automate those, what I'll call recurring repeatable tasks so that the people that are running the GRC programs can spend their time thinking about the strategy and how we can do more with less and how we can, frankly, take on more risk. Uh, risk isn't bad. Risk is good. We want to be able to take on more risk. But to do that, we need to mitigate a lot of the risk away. Five is really flexibility. And this one I touched on before and was the learning from the consulting world is really picking a technology that can morph and bend with the business and be flexible to the business needs. That's this concept of future-proofing the business that we talked about. The only inevitability in an organization is change. How do we pick technology that can very easily change with us over time and adapt? And then I think lastly is everyone's looking for ROI today and justification of software spend, right? So really picking, and this goes back to a platform, that can, we call it extend, extend with an organization to multiple use cases. So maybe if I originally came and needed a technology to help support with my policy management, my regulatory compliance, and my incident tracking program. But over time, I can quickly add on things like IT risk management, third-party vendor, ERM, CPA, things like that into the mix. So really being able to extend out and provide additional value, I think is a big component of a, of a force multiplying GRC platform. Matt, in almost every compliance regime that I'm aware of, third parties are a critical risk. That could be in anti-corruption compliance. It could be in export control compliance. It can be in cybersecurity compliance. Everyone now is really focused on the risk of third parties to your company. And I was wondering, what do you and LogicGate see as some of the key exposure points in third-party risk, and more importantly, how the LogicGate software helps to manage that risk? Yeah, it's a great point. And I think the first question that is, why? Why is it? And I think to what you've said here is third parties are growing at such an, the third parties that organizations use are growing at such an exponential rate out there, right? And it's because we can offshore either non-core or frankly, sometimes core business functions to a third party at a much, much cheaper overall cost to the organization than doing it internally. So if we are going to offshore this, then ultimately what we are saying is we are taking on the responsibility of that third party to protect our customers' data in a meaningful way. And it's almost like we could have the best controls in place. We could have the best security compliance program in place, but it's only as good as the third parties that we use and what they have in place in there. So we need to really bring this together, right? Again, it's centralization. I think the, the Logic Gate Risk Cloud platform is amazing at that. Centralizing all of the contracting, the insurance, the financials, the risk screenings that we do here, the risk scores that are there and bringing that into one central manageable place. Two, then it's just 
the practical, tactical screening and due diligence of this, understanding what type of vendor it is for us, right? Are, is it a mission critical vendor? Will they be housing things like customer PII or PHI, or does it have GDPR implications? And if it does, you, vendor, have to get me very comfortable that you have the right programs, policies, procedures, certifications in place that you can handle that data and that we do feel comfortable handling that. So it's really automating that whole screening process around that. Then it becomes risk scoring, right? You know, we work with some very, very large entities, global entities that work with tens of thousands of vendors. And we can't look at every single vendor in really, really in-depth microscope level. So what we want to do is we want to break those vendors up, right? What are the mission-critical vendors that have potentially our quote-unquote crown jewel data? That if a nefarious actor got access to that, we would be in a lot of trouble. And those are the ones that we want to spend a lot of time scrutinizing in there and making sure that they've got the right programs and policies and procedures in place. And then lastly, it is around continuous monitoring and continuous compliance assessments. Just because that vendor had a great program one year, doesn't mean that program is going to be the same the next year, right? Things could massively change in that organization. Resourcing could be taken away. Budgets could be taken away. And they couldn't, and they potentially don't have the same level of program or scrutiny in place that you evaluated just 12 months ago. So it's really the Logic Gate Risk Cloud platform allows you to continuously monitor and automate those compliance assessments that you have within an organization. Matt, one of the things that has become more critical at this point in time is business continuity, or at least people are thinking about it more. LogicGate has been on the forefront of putting together information for its clients and potential customers. But I wondered if you could talk to us a little bit about a business continuity playbook and why you believe every company should have one. Yeah, certainly. So I guess at the, at the highest level, let's talk about what a business continuity playbook is. And it's really, it's the plan that an organization needs to put in place to when something goes wrong, right? It's how an organization maintains and continues business or frankly gets up back up and running very quickly after a major disruption within that organization. And clearly the highlight that everyone knows about is COVID. Right. And in the world in which overnight people had to, they weren't going into work anymore. And we had to figure out how do we do business in a brand new way in here. Largely, that's about that a business continuity plan is that playbook and provides that guidance. Right. It outlines the programs, the instructions that organizations and, and the people within those organizations must follow during times of disaster or disruption in there. There's multiple different things that go into that, things such as just the overall policies and procedures, things like asset and inventory tracking, things like human resources protocols and partners in there. And what that tactically comes out to is things like evacuation plans, communication protocols, uh, key contact list, key asset inventory, networking, and how folks will maintain customer engagement in there. It's really important to have this in place as we think about disasters that potentially could happen, but might not happen in there. And I think why it's important that I just kind of mentioned is really a business continuity planning. It's your Bible. It's your Bible to what you do when a disaster strikes. And it needs to be very clear 
and very concise and very simple so that employees in the organization can understand it. And there, I, I was reading a great stat that 25% of businesses that go through some sort of major disaster never reopen their doors, right? And largely it's because they don't know what to do. They don't know how to do it. And then their business just, their customers fiddle away, fiddle away, fizzle away, and then their business fizzles away. So a big part of being prepared, it's like insurance, right? You hope you never need it, but when you do need it, you're glad you have it. That's the exact same thing as a business continuity plan. You, never, you hope you never have to use it, but when you do have to use it, it's massively impactful to the overall organization. Matt, in sort of listening to you through this podcast, if I could say I've heard one theme, it is risk management. And it's risk management really with a variety of tools and a variety of different focuses. Would that be a fair assessment? Yes, very much so. And I think there's it's because there's so many different types of risk in an organization, right? We've got regulatory and compliance risk. Those are risks to the organization. We've got just security-related risk. We have IT-related risk. We have general business risk. We've got third-party risk. There's so many different types of risk that can impact an organization. I think we as security compliance and risk professionals need to be mindful of all of those risks such that we can put together appropriate plans to understand and mitigate those risks to a threshold where we feel comfortable. And again, risk isn't bad. Risk is good. Companies are built and scale and grow and achieve great things because they take on risk. They take on additional strategic risk in organizations. So risk isn't bad. It's just understanding where the risk is and putting in mitigating factors So ultimately, we can take on more risk and drive better outcomes for the organization. I think that's a big concept there, too. Too often, our industry, the ROI of it is all around just protecting the assets of the organization, making sure we don't get fined, making sure data breaches don't happen. And really, I hope that we as an organ or we as an industry can elevate compliance professionals, risk professionals, security professionals to a spot where we can help the organization make strategic decisions based on risk to drive better top-line outcomes, more revenue for the business. So it's not just about asset protection, it's about revenue generation. Matt, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on LogicGate or any of the topics really we've talked about in this podcast, where could they go? Certainly. So for more information on the Risk Cloud platform, they can head over to LogicGate.com or they can follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Matt, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to visit with me today, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Me as well, Tom. Thanks so much. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.